Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. They've come out of the great ordeal, John writes in Revelation, and washed their clothes in the blood of the Lamb. What could he possibly be meaning? I hope I can expound on it today. I hope God anoints me to be able to make it clear for us because John is going through in Revelation the seals, which is very difficult, and then he pauses. And he has this vision. And the vision is of all the people of the earth coming together, surrounding the altar, praising God, singing no pain, no suffering, enjoying, and this astounding question, where do they all come from? Where are they? There's so many of them, where are they coming from? And they've all been called there in great joy, and they're active. It's wonder, you know, is this something that we're expecting to happen when Jesus comes back? Is this something that has already happened when he died and rose again? Is it something which is happening now in our present time? In Greek, there's a wonderful tense called the aorist. It's a lovely tense because in this tense, which we don't have in English, it means it happened, it's happening, and it will happen forever. That's actually the the tense when we say Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. We really shouldn't say that. We should say Christ our Passover has been, is, and will always be. So this vision takes place and somehow says something about who God is and how we can abide with him. You know, first there was this great ordeal. What is this ordeal? could be the ordeal of judgment, but it could be the ordeal of every human being, of you, of me. Before Adam and Eve, think of that ordeal being thrown out of the garden. I mean, it's all good, and then it's not. The ordeal, the ordeal later when Jesus returns, and the ordeal now, your ordeal. Psychiatrist Frank Lake, who's been dead for some time now, he's a Christian psychiatrist, he said that when you're a little baby, at some point it has to happen that you're very hungry and you really need to be nursed or you need your bottle. And it's, I'm not unmindful that it's Mother's Day. And you need your bottle, and you absolutely are starving. And if you've ever seen a baby who wants to eat, they're like, <laughs> they're like, you know, you shove the, right? You try it as best you possibly can. Feed them, feed them, feed them, because they get hysterical if you don't feed them fairly quickly. Yeah? You with me? Yeah. So you were really hungry, and your mother didn't come, or whoever was taking care of you, because they were watching the last episode of Perry Mason. You were just not the very, very first thing they thought about. But in your little world, a panic started. And it was your first 
existential moment. It was your great ordeal. Because you had to make a decision. See, for a little baby, the one who feeds you is God. Everything depends on the one that feeds you. You'll be dead if that's not the one who feeds you and holds you. And if that one is gone, something terrible has happened. And either the gods are terrible and you can't depend on them, or you're terrible and you can't be depended upon. And you decided as a little baby, it must be you. It was smart for you to think that. If you thought it was the gods, you'd die a crib death. You'd have failure to thrive. But you didn't have failure to thrive. You kept going. And you decided that I must have to scream louder. Perhaps I should pound on my crib. It must be how I scream. And that went on and on and on. The problem of the law and trying harder to earn God's love, that is, a, as a dear friend used to say, really early. This is early stuff. In fact, you've, you've really never, ever probably had a breathing moment without the pain and suffering of somehow believing that if you tried harder, the gods would meet your needs. That's why we baptize babies, I think. You don't need a PhD you got to yell if you want to be fed. That's early. You need help early. And Kurt Vonnegut puts it this way, and so it goes. I quote uh, Kurt Vonnegut because I love when he says that. And so it goes. Every time, a teeny trauma, and we are all victims of these microaggressions Jesus said those most wounded could hear him the best. Those most wounded, those most feeling the most separate could hear him the best. Most mothers have tried very hard to protect their children, to keep them from these wounds. But this is not a great ordeal that can be missed by anyone. Try a little harder to get nursed Try a little harder to get a home, a love, a job, clothes, a body, a publication. And so it goes. Say it with me. And so it goes. How do these ones, dressed in white robes, full of love and energy, how did they come out of the great ordeal? What took place that made that happen? Well... They fell in love. You ever, they fell head over heels in love with a lamb. They're simply mad for the lamb of God. They're mad for the one who died for them. The lamb who was slain. The one who died and suffered on Calvary. Now you can't make somebody fall in love. I have tried. No, really, I, I, stood out at, I stood outside a guy's apartment once and um, just knocked and then decided to camp in the hallway. When that didn't work, I think I called him 187 times. How do you think it went? You can't, you can't really, I think, and I rang the buzzer. 
So, you know, Jesus is actually attempting. He's flirting with you. See, this whole service is about that he's flirting with you. From the very, very beginning, when Camel was playing, he's trying. He's trying to build a relationship with you. The lamb who was slaughtered and to be unthreatening to you. He's dying on the cross so nothing, nothing you can say or think can possibly make you think you're so terrible he can't understand. He wants to throw his arms around you. He wants a relationship with you in a deep and He wants you to fall in love with him as he has always been in love with you. Here I am, says scripture. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Anyone. You don't need to perform to get God's love. He already loves you. Washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. No, when uh, Remember this time once when my son fell down in the park, Carlshire's Park. He fell down and he, he scraped his, his knee. And so he came tearing toward me, you know, in that way, crying. And um, I picked him up and I held him and he gripped me really tight. And after a little while, <laughs> I must have looked sort of desperate. He patted me on the shoulder and said, it's okay, mommy. <laughs> and I don't really think, I don't know any love that I've ever experienced that was sweeter, except that I think to myself, God loves us more. God loves us so much more. God loves us billions of stars more. God loves us in the womb. God loves us now. God loves us always. And the separation has been met by the blood of the Lamb. Now, what do you do? How do you open that door to intimacy, to being able to abide with God? Brian Greene was an evangelist who came to New York. He's also passed away. came to New York many, many years ago from England to lead a evangelism effort at St. John the Divine. And astoundingly, many, many people came. And his answer to how do you begin to abide with the Lord, I always thought it was sort of fascinating and true. He said, well, just try it. Try, give it a try. Well, what, how can it hurt you? I mean, just try. Just say to the Lord, I want, I want you. I love, I, want, I love you. I want you to be, I know you dwell in me and I want to abide with you. You and me and me and you. And that's what it is. And that's what it is 100%. And God will wipe away every tear. A friend of mine was uh, terrified of having a baby. His wife was pregnant. He told me this past week and um, his wife was pregnant, and he thought he'd be a terrible father. And uh, so he um, lives in Santa Monica, and he was walking on the beach toward the Santa Monica Pier, and the Santa Monica Pier is just jammed on the weekend. And it was just loaded with people. And he looked at the pier, and uh, God, he felt like God was speaking to him. 
And God said, listen, I've done this before. <laughs> listen, you're not perfect. You're also not the worst thing that has ever walked the earth. How about that? Is that okay? Is that all right? God's precious child, God chose you. He chose you with all your defects, whatever they might be. And we can dance around God's altar. You know the words, the words of, the, of the gospel song, How I Got Over, the great gospel song sung by Mahalia Jackson, How I Got Over, How Did I Make It Over? through the great ordeal. You know, my soul looks back and wonder how I made it over. It's not your head, right? It's your heart. Oh, as soon as I see Jesus, the man who died for me, the man that bled and suffered and hung on Calvary, I want to thank him for how he brought me. I want to thank God for how he taught me. I want to thank my God how he kept me. I'm going to thank him because he never left me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join the heavenly choir. And I'm going to sing and I'm never going to get tired. And I'm going to sing some way around God's altar. And I'm going to shout all my troubles over. Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being so good to me. Tell me, how did I make it over? I had a mighty hard time. You know, my soul looks back and wonder how I made it over. And I'm going to wear a garment in that new Jerusalem, and I'm going to walk the streets of gold. It's in the homeland of the soul. And I'm going to view the hosts in white that's been traveling day and night, coming up from every nation. They hold their way to the great coronation. Lord, I got to thank you. I got to thank you for being so good to me. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them to springs of the water of life and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Say it with me. I want to thank you, God, for being so good to me. I want to thank you, God, for being so good to me. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.